You're listening to Tech Talks with Lou, and I'm Lou Temlett. I hope you're having a good day, and I'm really thankful for you listening. So, this is Tech Talks with Lou, the show in which I discuss the top tech secrets for success from the best in today's digital world. Last week, I spoke with Patty Dobrovolsky, best known for helping people to draw their future. Our interview was very much about setting the feeling into what we want in our future and how we want it to look, exploring the concept of future casting. If you haven't already listened, head back after this episode and let me know what you think. My guest today has an entrepreneurial background with a strong focus on the concept of local, sustainable and ethical, and is very familiar with pivoting a business. I'd like to welcome James Graham to my podcast. Hi, James. How are you? Great, great. Thanks for having me. (laughs) It's wonderful, wonderful for you to be here today. I've introduced you as having an entrepreneurial background, James. Let's start with your entrepreneurial background. My my dad actually is originally from Zimbabwe, and he emigrated here uh, in the late 80s, uh, with my sister being one years old and me just about to pop out. And you weren't allowed to leave the country then with any money. Uh, so, oh. you know, he came over, yeah, a couple of kids, wife, uh, no money, I think got like 200 quid in the bank or something, something terrible, and uh, set up shop in, in Brecon, in a little sleepy town in, in South Wales. Wow, and, I, want uh, to, I want to kind of ask Zimbabwe to Brecon, what was the draw? Yeah, uh, not much. To My <laughs> uncle uh, lived in Crick Howell, which is uh, like a town, like a, 20 minutes east. And uh, yeah, so so he was he was there, and I think my mum was well, so my mum's brother, and, and so they they stayed uh, they they stayed with him for a bit, and then kind of that was it. Brecon, I don't think they had any cash to get any further, to be honest. <laughs> that was it. They were stuck there. <laughs> no better place. I mean, you know, yeah. for those of us that might have been there, it is in the middle of nowhere. It's very remote, but it's very beautiful as well. So. Yeah, stunning, stunning. We actually, uh, we have, we live in the middle of nowhere. Well, my parents live in the middle of nowhere, and uh, it took years to get internet up there, and, and then even longer for broadband. But you know, finally got there in the end. Uh, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So basically, he he set up a building company like blood, sweat, and tears, like horrendous. Like he worked all hours under the sun. So growing up, there was there were actually large periods of time where I, I didn't see a lot of him, and he kind of set the foot, you know, the, the blueprint. Sorry. Um, of the way to do business and i remember he he would he would be there at the dining room table because sitting and eating around the dining room table was a big is a big thing in our family getting that quality time and he would talk about business almost because he was kind of figuring it out as he was going along like making the mistakes and things like that he never went to business school he was a tobacco farmer in africa so he he didn't have that kind of like that background that degree or anything like that he was uh, he was in uh, school and then the army and then straight out. So, you know, pretty, pretty hard, pretty hard upbringing. Um, but he's, he's a really, really nice guy and really, really, really chill and always gives everybody the time of day. Uh, and my mum's a chef. So, uh, oh. we get her own restaurant. Uh, my dad, dad with, with the building skills, help, help build. And, um, you know, she did that oh, for wow. years. That's, and, yeah. That's pretty but, spectacular. Having your own restaurant built. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds way better than it than maybe it was, but um we we all worked there, like every all our friends, everybody worked there. Um she, she I worked there from the age of about so, twelve, I think. Twelve yeah. years old, very young, and I was being paid two pounds an hour, which I think That's was, not bad. <laughs> pretty, yeah, it was way under minimum wage. Uh and I really wanted a GameCube. I think maybe I was thirteen or something at that point. And uh, it was a Nintendo console. And I stuck a, a picture of this of this GameCube on front of a, a plastic big plastic uh, Coca-Cola bottle, which was a piggy bank. Yeah. And I just worked and worked at this restaurant. It was so grim like washing dishes you know serving customers it was hard work you know, sometimes 12 hour days um during my, during my school holidays and in like a couple of weeks I, I bought this thing and it was like you know it was it was great i had it i could you know it was mine i didn't it and i could play on it as much as i wanted and no one could tell me otherwise so that's, that's pretty good you know working yeah. for something as a young yeah you were a young child 12 is young um you know but equally I remember being out delivering papers and you know doing doing the hard graft as well so I think all of us that are in this entrepreneurial space have some sense of 
hard work and effort and then a reward that actually we really want to have that we feel you know some sense of pride so there's a lot of feeling and kind of aspiration from from achieving what you've what you've achieved yeah thank you very much but um i wasn't actually a big fan of the hard, hard craft <laughs> so to speak, uh, but you did it you did it and that's the yeah. point well yeah yeah you've got to do the ugly stuff to be in, in all businesses that you do and and then i was actually um actually they they worked their, their butts off really and they, they sent me to uh, boarding school uh quite young so um so you know i was there for you know long periods of time and so we come home and, and obviously work in the summer but while i was there I used to, you know, if we go on holiday or, or, or somewhere, or um, I pick up loads of cigarettes basically from from Spain or wherever, and buy them for a euro a pack. This is sort of my later teens, yeah. and come back home, literally suitcases full of them. Because I'd be I'd be traveling with my parents, I'd, I'd leave with like a couple of pairs of t-shirts and enough boxes for the week, and then come back with like all these all these things, <laughs> and I sell them to all the boys. <laughs> cool. uh, but you know, and that was my pocket money to. To have fun with really i i spent yeah. all the profits on having a good time really and uh you know my mum had a had the restaurant for for a few years and and we, we used to get a cash and carry uh and get like big boxes of chocolates and things like that and yeah. so I, was, I was quite a big kid so i'm i'm, I'm about six foot six and I was, I was i was a big lad back in the day as well so i would eat the profits there so you know, so it wasn't necessarily the the healthiest business to be <laughs> to be in, yeah. something like that. Um, so yeah, so cigarettes is better because uh, I'm mathematics, so they really smoke. So what was the shift? How come it, life may now be different? Oh yeah, um, well it, it's a it's a funny one because I've always had that I guess kind of entrepreneurial streak in me. Um, I like being my own boss because I'm, I think I'm quite difficult to tell what to do. And um, maybe, maybe, maybe I've got a massive, probably that, got a massive ego. <laughs> maybe that sounds like some of us not wanting to be told what to do. Certainly, I resonate with that one. So I'll, yeah. I'll take that one. I'm not taking the ego one. Yeah, you can keep that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, like so I, I, I then I went to university and I, and I did economics because I think my parents are really like insistent that I get a degree. Yeah, and fair enough. You know, education is a big thing for them, um, and you know, I, I did economics, and it, it's it was quite difficult. It's quite a tough degree. Um, I was, but I was I was quite lazy. I didn't. I wasn't really. You know, I wasn't really into. I wasn't really feeling <laughs> it. So you know, I used to do like nightclub stuff. You know, selling tickets, things like that on the side, yeah. and that was always way more fun for me. Uh, but I was always super, super. Um, I was almost ter- terrified actually of. You know, not getting a degree and then not having the backup or yeah. you know, enjoying something like that too much that I that I did that full time. I, I didn't realize there were there were different ways, you know, to make money effectively. And, yeah. you know, I, I, then, I then went to, uh, you know, do economics, you know, um, and maths at school. And then, you know, you do that for a degree, you kind of expected or you think going into finance is like what you should do. Yeah. You don't really know any better. And at that point, you know, I was at Cardiff Uni and Cardiff wasn't the, the, the you know, the burgeoning tech scene that it is now. It was, you know, there was a couple of big companies like Admiral and, you know, a few big government organizations in town, but there wasn't really, there wasn't really anything. Like now you've got, you know, like um, co-working spaces, you've got, you know, companies like Amplify and Uello who are just, you know, really kicking ass. Like they're doing so well. And, and the guys yeah. that own those companies and run those, super cool like you know i've, I've uh, been for a beer with the uella guy a couple of times a really smart smart guy and you know it's just amazing to meet people like that he's like he's like 10 years younger than me and i'm kind of blown away by by his energy it's it's, it's really impressive what he's built there. Yeah. And, and the people the people are coming here as well now you know and, that, yeah. and that's that's where you've got to situate yourself but i didn't know any of this so i, I was financial trading and it was uh just do you know when you have no motivation to do something but you stick it out out of some weird like guts and loyalty yeah you just you know but <laughs> i have i have a lazy streak in me though when i when i stop enjoying or you know when i when i've when i've given up or not given up sounds like a quip but when i when i don't like it i'll just yeah. that's it i don't i just don't care yeah like, so that kind of that came to a point so i just handed my notice in um I then actually went to work for a massive uh, supermarket retailer 
uh, a German one, just, you know, remain nameless. People can just guess, I guess, or just look at my LinkedIn, it's there. <laughs> As I was an area manager for them. I went up to Scotland to do that because I wanted to change the scenery. Uh, I've been up to Edinburgh a couple of times, so this is great. But um, I don't know, like the culture there was pretty depressing. It's yeah. a really long hours retail and it just doesn't really, it didn't, it didn't motivate me. I had a, I think at the time I had a team of like 170 people I was technically responsible for. Wow. Like five or six supermarkets, you know, multi-million, you know, turnover. Yeah. And you, you kind of have these like little captains of these little areas within their setup. And I just, you know, it's that kind of middle management trap that a lot of them are in. It's an ambitious company and it, they have, they, you know, they do remunerate you well, but just, uh, just wasn't really. Again, it wasn't really something I was passionate about. Yeah, and, uh, it, kind of, it sounds. Sorry, it's, it, it sounds like um, all of your entrepreneurial kind of spirit was there, even though you may not have realised it throughout the the whole of your kind of childhood and younger days. And then I guess maybe reflecting that actually it's given you that um, sense of drive and passion. Um, even though it was a side hustle, so to speak, in in all of the things that you were doing, whether it was you know another career or your education, yeah, yeah, totally. I, I was listening to um, Reed Hoffman, uh, Masters of Scale. He's the one of the LinkedIn co-founders, and uh, you know, he's a, a VC guy now. But um, in one of the episodes, he talks about entrepreneurs who who yeah. you know they innovate within a company. Well, maybe if I had joined a company that let me did that or saw that that was my passion or, you know, a manager, they can change your life, right? A good manager can change your life. And you know, yeah. not everyone wants to take that kind of risk that, you know, as all entrepreneurs take, you've got to kind of live that kind of dangerous lifestyle because there's no safety there. But, yeah. you know, in saying that, you know, I, you know, my parents, like, we consider ourselves in a middle class now. If, if I don't take this chance for me now, with, I, I'm fairly comfortable. I know good education, things like that. Now I'm privileged. I can, I have, I have options. So I might, I, for me, I have to sort of scratch that itch. Um, so yeah, I mean, after, after retail, I mean, I was, <laughs> I mean, I was in my mid twenties then, it's not, you know, still pretty young. And I had friends in, in Hong Kong and I, I used to play bas- basketball with one of the guys and um, he was in recruitment and his, I was looking at his Facebook one day and he was on a boat party. They, they called junks out there and he was having a great time and, and it, yeah. uh, like doing all this stuff. And I'm thinking, why the hell am I in college? <laughs> this <laughs> supermarket is like minus eight. <laughs> Everybody's oh, miserable. Goodness. And uh, like, what the hell? Like, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this. Um, yeah. So I, I went out there for, honestly, I, I was only going to go out there for a couple of months, just, you know, just see what the crack was and have a good yeah. time. And like I just fell in love with the place, you know, oh, it, was, nice. it was so fast paced. Uh, everyone, an expat culture, yeah. very, very big over there where you're clearly, you know, not local. So every, and you're kind of so far away from everybody, but they become your sort yeah. of surrogate family. So what yeah. happened? So you're in Scotland, you've mm. seen your friend in Hong Kong. How long does it take you to switch your life around and leave for Hong Kong? <laughs> surprisingly short amount of time actually I mean tell me I'm, I'm intrigued because yeah. it feels like um you know you're you have an idea and actually you just take action on it and and your kind of superpower you know hero skill is taking action being motivated by something you see or you know something someone's doing and just go I want a slice of that so you go and do it so how long did it take you I want to know <laughs> yeah well <laughs> But it coincided with my personal life as well because I was in a in a in a like it's quite a serious relationship and uh, and we broke up around the Christmas time and I was in Hong Kong by March, so yeah. you know like it was a tight turnaround. I kind of the, the writing was on the wall with with the with the retailer and I just yeah it wasn't for me. You know you, you to, to to succeed in that kind of environment you've got to really want to be there and yeah. I just didn't so. Um, you know, and I'm and I'm quite a, you know I played a lot of sport growing up, so I'm, I'm quite a competitive person. I have that drive, um, and if it's not if if that drive or the purpose isn't there, I, I just I just can't get motivated. But there's no line to myself that I can do it for a bit, but then it's just you know after a while I'm like if I'm being honest with myself, this no longer does it for me. You're listening to Tech Talks with Lou, and I'm Lou Temlett. And today I'm talking with James Graham, who is founder of Community, a local sustainable grocery app. 
So, James, tell me about your transition from being in Hong Kong to where you are now as a founder of Community. Yeah, I think this is where I really embraced my entrepreneurial side and partly because I just didn't have a choice and partly because I was like, right, this this is where this is where I can, you know, have a go, have a crack. So I went out there and I was I was only going to stay for a couple of months and then through the network there, because you know, people are dead friendly and, and you know, are really outgoing. I started teaching maths, uh, English, uh, like low level, sort of like, you know, uh, 13, 14 year old GCSE level, biology, chemistry, English. My friends would laugh at that. <laughs> but I, you know, but, you know, you're teaching it to these, um, sort of high performing, uh, I, I maybe call them the 1%, you know, sort of wealthy financial families, their, their children, They're prepping yeah. them for boarding schools and, uh, or international schools and, or exams, things like that. And that actually pays quite well. Um, that the hours aren't, aren't very good because they're after their school time. Um, yeah. So I was doing that and then, um, I, I couldn't get a, I, I like my cider. Um, like a medium dry crisp cider from the West Country. Those, uh, those bit, bittersweet apples, they, they're, they're so good yeah. in that heat. <laughs> I, I'm Actually, current, I, obviously, I'm living in Somerset, so yeah, yeah. cider is a thing. Um, although usually only in the summer for me. So Yeah, yeah, it's a summer <laughs> drink, right? But Hong Kong's a hot place, it's very humid, and it's very refreshing. Few jars of cider in you, and if, if it life's a lot better. And uh, I couldn't actually get that that quality. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't find it. So um, I just, I thought, you know what? Um, I, I was, I was actually, uh, I was talking to some people, and they were like, "Why don't you just ship them in?" You know, the, there's no regulations in Hong Kong. It's very easy to set up a company. Um, I think it was 25 quid for the import license, uh, 150 quid to set up the company. So call yeah. it 200 quid all in, and I had a. A, a, a company that was able to import pretty much anything I wanted. There was no duty on on uh, alcohol under a certain percentage. Yeah, it's like pretty much under wine, kind of twenty percent. So I kind of I started calling um, like uh, logistics company freight forwarders, and basically once you call like ten, twenty of them, you'll find out what kind of what the best price is, and then you can yeah. sort of play them off against each other and negotiate down. Ah. So, yeah, basically, I just worked out that if I bought this amount and I stored this and then I worked with this third-party logistics company and this yeah. is my margin and I just did everything through an accountancy software like QuickBooks, you can oh, wow. ship it in, sell it, automate yeah. the invoice, automate everything, so you could just go mm. around and sell it. So oh. that's what I did. Fab. So, yeah, so, but it's maybe a bit nuts. I bought a container and <laughs> – you know, I, I guess I guess maybe there are listeners out there that have bought a shipping container here and there. Who knows? <laughs> well, my dad, my dad, like, was like, "What are you doing? Just buy like a couple of pallets and test it out." I was like, "No, nah, I've, I've shipped. I flew in a bunch before. Went to like thirty odd bars with these samples, and they were like, yeah, we love it. It's great. We'll buy oh, it.' Oh wow! Yeah, most of them are lying, but <laughs> you don't realize that until sometimes they take cash. But this this container turned up, and there was like twenty thousand bottles of cider and like. 200 kegs or something we was like no <laughs> that's um, a lot of cider listeners that's a lot of cider <laughs> yeah that's more than yeah. a lifetime supply <laughs> well i sold the thing in two months like, wow yeah like, wow. i had a couple of, couple of good strokes of luck like this festival was just starting up and they needed uh something so i, I shifted like you know about a third of it there but um i just i didn't stop every day i went to Wow. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bars, getting favourable credit terms, all that sort of jazz, um, and just just sold it. That's all I did, twenty four seven. Just put my life on hold, and you know, I, it's actually wow. quite fun though because you go into a bar or restaurant and you're having a cider with them while you're trying it, and then they're like yeah. young people like you who are working in the hospitality industry, and they like wow. a good time. So it's not yeah. like I'm stuck in an office. I'm actually just like going around with this cooler bag full of ciders going into these you know and you take a couple of t-shirts with you because it's so humid over there you sweat through yeah. like three or four in a day yeah so that's something you learn pretty quick because you don't want to turn up to a meeting you know <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and uh yeah so you know i just i was doing that and i, I actually just did that for about uh, two years wow and then i made friends with uh, a lawyer and he had a, an accountant friend and 
my experience from the supermarket had taught me how to like run things efficiently and get good value basically out of retail. Yeah. So we opened a kind of hybrid bar bottle shop called uh, oh, wow. 99 Bottles. It's still going in Peel Street now. I'm still a, a partner. Um, and it's basically like kind of self-service, one guy behind the bar doing uh, lines, uh, sorry, with beer lines, doing pints yeah. and uh, mixers and then fridges around the walls. And you just take what you need out and just, you know, uh, contactless payments so it's you know hyper fast uh quite low kind of fixed costs uh, so this like, it, it sounds yeah. like it's quite innovative even in w- whenever you know this kind of happened you know the self-service of contactless payment uh, am yeah. i am i right in thinking this is quite innovative in the in the industry at that point yeah well i, I kind of seen it sort of being done there were places in the states or you know in tokyo that would have like credit card and then you sort of that that automatically gives you um like a certain amount of beer out that you sort of you pay yeah. for with your card but what, what i felt about all, all i can like, think about is fueling up the car <laughs> well, yeah like, that's what it feels yeah. like. like it's really hollow <laughs> so i was like oh, you need you actually need somebody there because like when you go and you need music as well like when you when you go to a bar and we, we did it on a pedestrianized street so the yeah. 300 square foot right? it's tiny but yeah. the street is our bar yeah. So, you know, we'd have like hundreds of people. I, I swear to God, I, I wouldn't be like, uh, I wouldn't be lying if I said that, that that place probably sells more per square foot than anywhere else in Asia like that. It, it wow. Is, sometimes that place, well, pre, pre-COVID, yeah. that place was rocking. Um, and it's in hype, like light on costs and you know, having the accountant on board and they, they were local Cantonese guys, you know, a lawyer as well. You get around this archaic, uh, you know, uh, rules and laws and regulations they've got over there. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a pretty backwards place in a lot of ways. Um, and so, you know, he, he was great in that, in, in that, in that aspect. And the accountant was super hot on the numbers. I mean, I, I'm a bit of a numbers guy, but you know, this guy sort of made me look like, uh, you know, a, a pretty budget really. So, so it's um, really about getting all of those people that have the skills you don't to facilitate and make your business successful. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up, uh, playing rugby, um, and you kind of know who needs a coach and who needs a talking to. You kind of know your team. Yeah. You, every like it's a game of all shapes and sizes. It's a real kind of leveler. Um, it, it sometimes gets a bit of a a rap for being like a posh boy sport in in England, but like it's not like that in Wales at all. Uh, and it's not really like that in all the clubs around around yeah. the UK as well. It, it's actually a great environment. And it, you know. It, and uh, so I'm going a bit off topic there. But, yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah. it sounds great. The fact that you're kind of echoing, you know, the sport of rugby being a leveller and actually um, working as a team and then bringing that concept to your entrepreneurial world right now and, and working together and bringing all of those skills. It, I mean, it completely resonates, you know, the balance of rugby with, you know, kind of running a business. Yeah, I think so. There's, there's a lot to take away in you know, championship minutes and like, you know, the, the, there's times when you're going to lose and fail and teaches you how to lose. And yeah. you know, if you fail and if you lose, and I, I see this a lot with people like, should I take the plunge? Just like, well, yeah. what's your risk appetite? What are you willing yes. to put on the line? If you've got two kids, a mortgage, you know, and your partner maybe doesn't work or is on that leave or something, well, that's probably not the best time to start a business, right? But, you know, what, what, maybe if they've got this, you know, maybe on the map, even a board, like between, you know, naps and things, I mean, I'm really speculating here. I don't have kids, but you know, I'm just using a wild <laughs> yeah, example. Yeah. No idea, Na- but... Napping during maternity leave. Hmm, I'm not yeah. sure I'd admit to it, but yes, it needs to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah well, maybe, maybe edit this out, but like, maybe I'll use another example. Yeah, like, um... No, no, but capacity for wanting to do more and wanting to stimulate your mind, yeah. um, you know, it, it's a great opportunity. So actually, you know, whilst it, you know, on the face of it might not be the best time, it might be absolutely the best time. So, yeah. but it's having that feeling and just going for it. Um, yeah, hundred percent. And it's also yeah, the baby steps, right? So don't, don't just uh, don't order a container of cider. Like I probably shouldn't have done that. Realistically, like I had the luxury of being like <laughs> I've got the time and the energy, and I don't have a choice. 
Yeah. I've got to sell this. Yeah. I've got to sell this, right? But, but I think I think there's yeah. effort. I think there's you know kind of weight in doing that. You know, you didn't have a choice, so you just had to do it. So, yeah. but your your level of risk may well have been, you know, I can't remember whether it's high or low. Anyway, um, pretty high. <laughs> uh, yeah, your level. Of... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It is now, but it wasn't always. Uh, it's a tough one. Someone once explained it to me. Like, um, think of it like a and. You know the archery of the Olympics, that target. Yes. Yeah. Right? You don't you don't just like zero in bullseye straight away. You like start from, from out out wide and then you yeah. work your way in shot by shot by shot. Yeah. Like you don't take like crazy leaps. You can just work your way into things. Yeah. Um but then in saying that, sometimes you, bold action is required. And I think it yeah, it's, it can be just be down to timing sometimes. But um yeah, I mean every everybody's gonna have a different 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 way of getting there but i definitely think if people are on the fence about you know starting a business or, or taking that leap maybe start with like a you know the equivalent of your lemonade stand right or you're, yeah. you're selling sweets at school like start with that yeah think do i like this am i willing because it's like chewing glass sometimes running a business it's horrendous you know you know <laughs> and as soon as you start hiring people you know you need them you need that skill set but you're not yeah. also managing emotions and you're responsible for their livelihood yeah. So it adds yeah. a whole new dynamic of pressure. So if you don't want that, you need to be quite realistic, I think, in the beginning and actually take that, have that hard conversation of, you know, do I want this? How much do I really want this? Because if you don't want it, then maybe just have a side hustle. And there are lots of people. I think Tim Ferriss has got an amazing podcast. I mean, I don't think you can work in four hours a week, and that's nonsense. But uh, he's got an amazing <laughs> podcast where he say he has um, a side hustles that make a million a year. Yeah, and these people have got normal jobs where they're making like you know sixty, seventy thousand mm. US a year, and then on the side they sell like this all this stuff or whatever they're doing. It's brilliant. Yeah. You know? So I, I'm just working out how many shipping containers of cider I need to I need to buy into now. <laughs> You're listening to Tech Talks with Lou and I'm Lou Temlett and today I'm talking with James Graham who is founder of Community, a local and sustainable grocery app. So James, let's get on to your local and sustainable grocery app. Tell me a bit more if you're able to. Yeah, so um, I actually met my my co-founder in Hong Kong. He was also selling craft beer and cider and the rest of it and uh, we were sat in my bar and uh, we were just you know, talking, but there's got to be an easy way to do this. And, you know, and he, he was like, well, I've got this idea. And it was a B2B app where you could buy, you know, the beer online and they'll have it shipped to you and it would do all your invoice and everything for you. So instead of us going to bars, they would just log into the app and see what works, yeah. what's got the best ratings, et cetera, and get it sent to them. So, you know, we talked about it. And, you know, we were like, oh, I, I was like, no, I could do that with you. You know, I, I pretty much know every bar here, like, you know, and uh, we, were, we were chatting away and we sort of went our separate ways. But long story short is that I think he really needed a co-founder. And I was like dead, dead set that the technology is the future. You can kind of see it. I know it's, it's quite obvious saying technology is the future, but you can, you can sort of see it encroaching into every area of your life, right? So, yeah. you know, even even the coffee machines you buy these days, it's got like a million settings and you get the perfect latte or whatever. Like everywhere, it's always incrementally increasing, isn't it? So it's going to happen in, in almost every industry at some point. I mean, look look at legal professions and how contracts are you know, being automated now. It was unthinkable yeah. like 30 years ago, you know. So it's that kind of thing where, you know, we were like, this is this is obviously the future. It's just how, how that looks. So, um Long story short, is he went back to Canada. Uh, he's from he's from Canada. I went back to to Wales for our own personal reasons, and we started working on it because the UK is, in some ways, almost like the perfect uh, testing ground for these kind of things because it's big enough yet small enough. So yeah. it actually has quite a connected logistics uh, chain throughout the UK, and you've also got lots of things. It's not like the states where all their meat industry and dairy industry is largely, uh, you know, massive conglomerates, you know, like these huge, like horrible corporations that they, like, just make horrendous products, really. Like the food quality is, uh, I don't want to be too harsh on them, but it's, it's awful. And, um, you know, we've got like a lot of amazing, like heritage farmers and things, and they're all close by. You can just go out to the Welsh valleys and there's sheep and cows yeah. and all the rest of it. So we're like, okay, great. So, we said about he's more te- he's more technically uh, minded as well. He's a self-taught front-end developer, right? Uh, I'm not I'm not a technical founder, but I've taught myself 
very bad HTML and CSS, <laughs> uh, often a demi course, just so I know what everybody's up to. Yeah. And okay. I'm slowly doing JavaScript and then I'll do TypeScript. But, you know, we're talking like, you know, a demi that walks you through it, just that I, yeah. I felt like I needed to know. Uh, yes. And I think you should know what your team's up to, really. Um, you know, because you don't want to ask them to do a task and then you have no idea what they're on about, right? I know. Yeah. that That's what I'm doing at the moment. I'm practicing all of these skills and building up my repertoire so that I, I kind of know what's going on, but know also who I need to kind of hire for my business. So uh, yeah, watch this space. If, any, if anyone wants to get into podcasting or photography or web development, yeah, drop me a DM. <laughs> 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 my own, my own promo bit there. Yeah, um, totally. Well, you've got to go get it. Then. <laughs> uh, well, probably someone listening to the show might think, yeah, amazing. Because podcasting is a job, or uh, being in podcasting, like where was that? To what ten years ago? Was that even a thing ten years ago? Yes, yeah. it's been Maybe. around for quite some time. Oh, has it? I could, I could give you a long history. My first episode was going to be um, the history of podcasting because I was going to launch on the 30th of September, which is International Podcast Day. So the podcasting actually started um, with these things, the iPods. um, And and I think it's like 2004, maybe earlier than that. Um, So it's been around for a very long time. You know, two guys, forgive me, I don't know their names, but they set up um, kind of radio and recorded content and that was the very first kind of podcast concept. So it's been around for ages, you yeah, know, was, nearly, yeah. nearly 20 years. Yeah, yeah, I was listening to your dairy farmer. I, I can't remember his Tim, name. Tim was, Jones. Tim yeah, Jones. Yeah, because I actually listened to that rugby podcast as well that he mentions. And um, it's, it's quite funny. It reminds me of the, of the rugby uh, the clubhouse chat. Uh, <laughs> and um, I was just, it got me thinking of that long-form format where, like, you really can yeah. indulge in an area where someone's like digested it with a personality as well. It's like yeah. you were always reliant on learning something from a teacher who didn't necessarily have a good personality when you're at school. <laughs> Whereas now you can pick yeah, and you choose. You can now choose. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> you can get a fill, like a sort of like a different piece of every pie and just, you know, go nuts. So that's just fantastic. Yes. But, anyway, James, I'm going to yeah, reel sorry. you back in. Tell me yeah. about this local and sustainable grocery app, please. Right. So we're doing B2B and uh, we had about 40 restaurants signed up and this is uh, 2020. Yep. So the pandemic is, you know, encroaching and we, you know, it's where restaurants and everything can source, you know, local, sustainable ingredients. It was really important for us to like kind of cut down that supply chain. Yeah. And, and they were already sort of, you know, ready for it and excited, the people that we had on. Um, and then we launched on a Monday and on the Friday, uh, the government shut every bar restaurant down the UK. Oh my so goodness. We just didn't have a business. It was, that was it. But wow. we didn't. We had no idea where the sales were going to come from because it wasn't a market, uh, how long the pandemic was going to last for. And yeah. it was all a bit nuts. Like we spent this good year building this ourselves. We're self-funded. Yeah. So a mixture of like savings and you know other business profits put into this. Um, you know, Conrad does a bit of investing on the side and he was selling selling shares to pay you know, to back-end developers to, you know, to build certain parts. And, yeah, it was just an absolute struggle. It's, it's you know, you crawl along when you do this, but, you know, you learn a lot as well. So yeah. um, it was dreadful, dreadful launch. And I was sat there thinking, you know, Jesus Christ, what the hell am I going to do? Like, yeah. what the hell am I going to do? How am mm-hmm. I going to pay my mortgage? Like, what what am I going to do? So, um I'm I'm like a terrible cycler, but it helps me clean, clear my head. And you know, it's you know, springtime, so yeah. hopped on the road bike and went up the Taft Trail. And I, I'd actually been calling SMEs who just going to like you know, you know, uh, Google and just googling like the SMEs and things like that. Yeah, ringing them up and being like, look, do you want to use this as a cash and carry with a home delivery app? You know, because why not? You know, you can buy yeah. their business, keep us alive, whatever. And, and a few did, but I kept hearing like what about our staff and this is great and you're offering this but i don't want to buy in bulk and what about our staff oh interesting and i was like yeah what about their staff so um we we just went right okay restaurants will come back but we don't know how long um it's also when you're calling a restaurant you are like you're calling um i don't know a a busy person you're usually owned by let's say like 
you know, husband and wife team, just really generalizing here, but yeah. one man bands or one woman bands, whatever, they're stressed. It's, a, it's yeah. an antisocial environment. They're yeah. quite blunt. Uh, they're yeah, very, they're, they're, very... li- they're kind of living in the moment, aren't they? So whilst yeah. they're at work, they're living in the moment and doing their stuff. Um, yeah. I, I know from personal experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all, yeah. My my mum's like chef, right? And my sister's in catering as well. And last thing they want some random guy bringing up saying, "Hey, uh, I've got this app, and do you want to book? You know, uh, user test it." You know, it's like, you know, no, go away. So, um, you know, pushing the business uphill felt a bit like, oh, God. So we pivoted. We pivoted hard. It was up there. Because yeah. when you're calling on, on the flip side, let's just say you're, let's take, um, you know, we, we, we deal with a couple of universities now, right? They have an employee engagement or HR or people engagement dedicated. That's their job. It's a dedicated yeah. person to make sure the well-being of their staff is, is met. So we were like, hang on. This is a good whole world out here. We have all these amazing butchers, farms, whatever. We're geared up for B two B, but we need to like, rearrange everything B two C, and yeah. you know, you know, get people like you know into this because people care more than restaurants about the provenance of their food. And I know that sounds a bit, and I'm not saying every restaurant, but when you're at the restaurant, you're not really thinking, oh, where's this you know food come from? But when you're shopping online, you probably want to know where's this meat come from you know where's this vegetable come from is it sustainable xyz because i think that's the retail element that you're closer to that to that item you want to know more about it yeah so so yeah we 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 just kept calling and asking people and you kind of get a herd mentality of like what's not said or what is said and you kind of got to weave between the two do you know like when you're i don't know if anyone's ever sold anything but i i've done a lot of door-to-door selling obviously and you could almost tell you can almost get a, a quick bead on their personality. Yeah. First of all, so you kind of like suss up how they operate and how they think. But sometimes they're not saying something or that the way they're saying something is what they're really thinking. And that's, you kind of need to react. Yeah. So you, I feel like you get like that with user feedback. It's like if, if, um, if they're saying, you know, they, they like it, but they don't want to buy 40 quids worth. Well, how do you make it so they don't have to buy four quid for it? Yeah. So that was that was that was sort of the next the next battle really. It's like mm. um, we understand that you know I'll, I'll give an example. You live in uh, you live in the West Country, right? Yeah. So you know how how could we get uh, amazing amazing um, area for you know lots of different you know agriculture farming butchers. It's, it's a wonderful part of the world, right? So. Um, what we, what we landed on was uh, how can you distribute the same amount of uh, now I might need a few goes at this like how can you, how, how can you distribute um, the delivery amount right and make yeah. sure that it goes right and make sure that it's, it's worth the supplier's time to go out to say a, 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 an, a, an address yeah they still make profit and the people don't have to take on like silly amounts of produce like 50 quid from a butcher for free delivery yeah because everybody expects free delivery these days right yes i i remember at the beginning of lockdown the only way that i could um you know source uh produce was to buy a certain amount um and i had to i think i ended up with nearly a kilo of peppermint tea that i'm still using nearly <laughs> two years on um so, <laughs> anyway yeah it's a knock-on effect of that though like that kilo of tea is in a big box and you know everybody's got that, those cupboards in their kitchen which are like full of different spices and the one yeah. jar is like you bought the one the one jar is too big and it's turmeric and how many times do i use turmeric it yeah. was a good idea at the time because it was cheap but now i'm regretting it right so totally get that uh, excuse me and uh so i mean one thing we did realize as well is that like you kind of need to actually make it a corporate benefit right yeah so um i'm jumping around a bit here but that's okay before we go on to how we solve the delivery problem like the corporate benefit was it's not really a benefit if you just give everybody access to like you know local food and drink right they need something more so what we really found was that okay, companies companies like to pay lip service to corporate social responsibility and esg environmental social governance right but what are they actually yeah. doing to 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 hit those targets to hit those goals now and they do care most people but it's that funny thing is like how do you get those wins 
Yeah. So by by actually giving them a, a staff a benefit, which then in turn helps you know the local economy, it cuts down on CO two and on plastic waste. But well, that's that's got to be a win win, right? And it keeps their staff yeah. happy and engaged. But you've also got to kind of pay for it. So what we've created was a so system of credits, really. So companies pay in every month, like you know. They can we, we set three standard tiers, but there's also a custom tier, you know, for especially for very large organizations that yeah, you know, you know, they want to do something a bit different. And uh, you know, they, they put that directly into their staff's accounts then. And their staff then have the freedom and the flexibility to choose like anything on our store. So it could be maybe that like artisanal gin for that nice weekend, or it could be that plastic free organic soil association approved next day delivery veg box right you know there's like yeah. everything on there has like got a purpose the gravy oh, nice. line yeah. for only fish you know no trawler nonsense you know like you and especially with inflation and food prices it's like kind of it, we felt that like yeah we want to make a return on our business as well we want to make we're not just doing this just fun course yeah but purpose-driven and profit don't have to be exclusive right yeah you know why can't we do it in a way that you know, connect with people. And, and we, we've got a lot of companies signed up just, just off the back of that because because they give their staff gym memberships and like, um, you know, I don't know, cycle to work. But like, I mean, I am very particular about the gym I go to and so are a lot of my friends who go to gyms. Like, yeah, they, you like a certain thing, maybe it's boxing you like or it's like spinning or something. And just because they have a deal with one gym, it's like the meh. And, we, you know, the, the uptake of benefits is 14%. But you, wow. know, you eat, drink, and have household items literally every day, yeah. right? You know, we've got things like um, meal delivery companies, like you know, for, for busy people as well. So there's some, literally something for everybody. And our engagement rate is 85 percent plus. And wow, it's, that's it's incredible. Hyper flexible. It's hyper flexible. So like you know, if a staff member doesn't use it, we don't charge you for it, right? You don't have to pay into their account until they activate and use it, right? If they yeah. don't use it for a year, we refund the whole money. But they, you know, if they use some of it, we're not refunding that. But it never yeah. expires, right? Because we we don't yeah. money we don't make money from you know your leftover gift receipts. We make it by selling products. Right. Yes. You know, and that's yeah. it's the opposite with you know your Starbucks or whatever. They want you not to spend that gift card. Yes. <laughs> you know, and then it expires at the end of the year, and that's how they make you know extra money. Yes, and, exactly. And then not, so, not pay tax. <laughs> so the, the concept of your that's fine. So the concept of your app is that companies pay into an account for their employees, and the employees then choose ethical, sustainable, and local produce or services or things that is part of their employee benefits uh, yeah, am i getting exactly. that right okay exactly yeah yeah so so they do that and yeah they, 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 the staff members have that complete uh flexibility on on on, on what they can choose and, and and it's all home delivery as well so yeah you know it, it, it's a progressive web app so um you know it works on any any mobile phone it's optimized for all mobile phones most browsers except internet yeah. explorer because i guess you know, so we won't we won't talk about that. I think that that's <laughs> kind of been obsolete and and a thorn in my side for the whole of my you know development uh, development years. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll yeah, ignore yes. that. Someone's like someone's like, should we should we make it work for Internet Explorer? And I was like, no, I, no, I haven't, I no. forgot that even existed. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah, rest so, of us yeah. in the development world haven't, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah so. Um, so yeah, that was you know that was the um, as the employee benefit side. But then you know, like if I just go to go back to the delivery element, mm. um, again, still having to buy maybe a little bit too much. So we worked with the suppliers, and, and, and basically we we created something we call neighbourhoods. And how that works is, um, let's say you live in in a particular town or suburb. And you want to order something, but you don't want to order 40 quid's worth from one butcher. You can subscribe to a butcher at £10 a week. And as long as three people in, uh, like, let's say, an average of a mile between each person also subscribe. Now, that butcher's going around and he's doing four orders. And you probably spend over a tenner as well, usually, you know, £15. Yeah. So he's now getting 60 quid, pretty much the same amount of time, maybe 10 minutes more. Right. And so, but his labor costs, is pretty much the same. His cost of goods is pretty much the same. His fuel is pretty much the same. So he's getting a better margin. You're getting easier access to higher quality, ethical, sustainable food. 
And it's a subscription. You can change it every week. There's a cutoff time. Yeah. It's all automated. It's there for you. They drop it off at your house. You don't have to move. It's super easy. Um, and you don't have to know the people because there's also a public side launching on Monday. So oh. anyone can access it. So, you know, it doesn't matter. And we're sharing. We've got lots of signups ready for the, for the launch. And so, that you know, there's milkmen on it. There's fishmongers. There's uh, butchers. Oh, there's craft breweries. Like there's a wine. There's an electric, elect, electric van delivered organic wine and coffee company on there. So zipping around. Like we are, yeah. for, for that element, we are very South Wales focused because it's yeah. so hyper local. For but, now. Um, for now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the natural, natural progression is to go along the N4 to the major cities, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, provided it does well here. So there's, there's, there's two sides of it. There's the public facing side, and then the corporate benefits side. And yeah. And and these things are just they just come about from just I guess trying to push the envelope of what we can do. Yeah, it's, sure. It's never just enough just to be like, uh, okay, just stick to corporate benefits. And oh, it's not quite working. You know, uh, you've got to make it work for the customer. Yeah. Um, and then, then we found like, well, why are we just offering this to, to companies? Like everyone should have access to this. And they both run side by side. It's still the same amount of work for, well, pretty much as a few bits and bobs. So what's coming up for the next 12 months for you and your business, James? Um, so really just nailing down our service to customers. So I'm a big believer in trying to get that market fit, product market fit. Yeah, I always I always think of it as like a uh, like a jigsaw piece that's the wrong size. Yeah, but it's but it's made out of putty, so you have to slowly shape it into the right size to complete the jigsaw. Yeah, so you hear about this a lot, and you can listen to loads of like tech podcasts. It doesn't have to be just tech; it's like any business you do. Although almost all business will involve some some form of tech right yes um, especially these days but you just got to uh, kind of slowly tweak it and list really listen to your customers and yeah. customers will often give you terrible terrible advice because they, they almost don't know what's good for them sometimes but yeah you will get a you will get a consensus if you speak to enough people and it's so awkward because because bigger companies bribe customers with like rewards or cash or things like that people don't like doing stuff for free anymore it's, it's, yeah. kind, of, it's kind of true but you yeah. have to be bold and just pick up the phone and say you know hi hi john hi julie it's uh, james here from community thank you so much for joining the waitlist well what are your thoughts or, or you know thank you for joining employee benefits what yeah. can i do what don't you like about it you know and just go online and, and get your questions ready there's loads of free resources out there you just really have to kind of dial into what the customers customers want so that, that's our focus for this year that's good and it's going back to actually you know taking that that step and connecting with the customer and just taking a you know a calculated risk or maybe not uh, and you know if you fail or it doesn't quite work then you can you know work back from there but i guess that's where the learning points come from and how you're able to grow and develop and and you know create a better market fit for your business yeah 100% um I think you've got to fail and fail early and there's different types of failure as well um if you just don't do the work or you're lazy or you haven't done any analytical thinking you're you know failure to prepare is, is preparing to fail that kind of yeah stuff but you know there's also just like just just ha- you can't you can take a view and you can do your homework and you can still be wrong but what yeah. you'll come out of that with is the knowledge of where you went wrong and if you've done your homework and you've analysed you know, your steps and your progress, just just like kind of the rugby field like I was talking about earlier, yeah. okay, what, what what went wrong? Don't focus on the opposition. Don't even think about your competition. What can you do? What's you know what are you doing? What value are you providing to to to, to people? And, and how can you improve? And I I think that's you know you have to make mistakes to learn that. You, you yes. can't you, you can't do that without trying. And you, you honestly, I have done some cringe things throughout my life that I look back <laughs> on. I'm just in the kitchen and it will pop into my head like, oh, why did you do that? But like you have to like you, you have to do that. You have to kind of put yourself out there. 
I love your I love your comment about um, you know not worrying about the competitors and just doing what your heart is kind of you know and and your business is directing directing towards and I think you know that that's quite fundamental um, and that's where the kind of single mindedness of just doing what you're doing um, but equally having the the knowledge and the analytics and how it might play out in the market but not comparing yourself with other competitors. So James, how can people check out the community um, and get hold of you? What's the best way? Uh, yeah, so um, go to, so if, you, if you're if you a business um, and you want to understand our employee benefits side, go to www.trycommunity.com forward slash corporate. So community is spelled with an I on the end. Um, because ET in Welsh means to you. So it's all about uh-huh. bringing your community to you or you to your community, however way you want to look at it. And the public-facing uh, version, which launches on Monday, there's a wait list. Um, I'm not sure what time this or date this will be aired, but um, if you want to just sign up as, as, as a normal user, uh, just go to www.trycommunity.com. Um, and you know, if you want to reach out uh, to to us, I can see this email. There's a chat icon in the app, which comes straight to one of our team, or just email us at hello at trycommunity.com. And uh, you know, if it's uh, if it's if it's a, if I'm the right person in the business to pick it up, then then I will definitely get back to you. Fabulous. And all of these uh, websites and uh, email contacts will all be in the show notes. So if you've missed it now then go and check out the show notes. So James, I just want to thank you for your time here today. Um, it's been a fabulous interview. I'm really pleased to have been able to connect with you and hear your your journey, your pivot, your story, and you know, taking risks and just getting out there to put in the hard graft to get back the rewards. Oh, thanks for having me on here. It's my my first podcast so I don't know I've probably just rambled to the incoherently it's, that is great I was I, I didn't want to mention it but yes it's your first podcast um and I'm sure it'll be the very first of many so if anyone needs to get hold of James for a further podcast then please do check out trycommunity.com Thank oh, well, thanks for having me Lou absolute star I've uh, really enjoyed it so uh, yeah cheers great stuff thanks James you've enjoyed this episode as much as I have recording it. I look forward to have you listening in again for the next episode. And in the meantime, I'd love you to rate, review and download this episode. Thanks again for listening. 